What's going on at C-Mac with Matt Smith, KJ? Saw Rue bumming around there somewhere. Rue saw Richie looking splendiferous. His tan has come in really nicely, this training camp. Rooftop? Oh, yeah. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Raj is bumping around. He's looking good. He's all excited about Russell Wilson. Everybody feeling good about Russ? Are you feeling good about Russ? In what sense? <laughs> okay. KJ, you feeling good about Russ? Yes, I owe Russ a huge apology. I didn't I'm sorry, what? Is that how we're starting things off? For, for, for what? I mean, you're I, I, one of his biggest supporters. I, I am, but Friday, I kind of crushed him a little bit. Um, I owe him a huge apology because the truth of the matter is, you know, with that offensive line, as bad as they are, it, it, Russ, if you got to jog it off, go jog it off. I know I told you to stay on the ground. <laughs> oh, was this your showboating commentary? Uh, was, was this what you're talking about? Was, you're apologizing funny. for that? that yeah. I caught that. Yeah. AJ was all wrapped up into that like one yeah. moment in practice. Yeah, you're, you didn't want to see any showboating in the preseason game. I didn't think you were going to, KJ. So in that regard, I think you were, were he's in the clear here. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I owe him an apology. Because now it's to the point where, dude, if you want to get up and kind of walk it up, you know, I need to kind of need to jog this one off. Like, go for it, man, because this offensive line, boy. Well, know. what about that stat that came out that of, of pressures on quarterbacks? And, oh, from uh, Warren Sharp on Twitter? Oh yeah, that was God. fascinating. How about that? How about the Broncos having the two most pressured quarterbacks? Of any team, uh, well, or, the, or two, two of the most, two of the top three, excuse right. me, two of the it top was, three. It was Russell Wilson at 64% and Jared Stim at 59%, sandwiching Jake Browning. But For the was, Bengals, holy yeah. Holy cow, So man. that is the list of the most pressured quarterbacks over week one of the preseason, and the yeah. Broncos had two of the top three. Not ideal, d When I went back... And just watched uh, Russ, and I do think they got sent out for a, <laughs> a punishment drive for that fourth drive. Boy, I, I, I sent out a Zeet that got misinterpreted. And I don't know if I'm going to go as strong as KJ and apologize, but, like, when Russell finished. <laughs> it's a Zeet. He, got, he had the Zeet. The... I brought, love it. We brought back the Zeet. I, I love, love it. it. Totally forgot about the Zeet. There you go. One more Zeet. I go, uh, I guess Russ is done. What'd y'all think? But I didn't mean, like... <laughs> You meant like, like you guess he's done, done for the game. I should have said, yeah, yeah. I should have said for the game or, or for, for tonight. tonight. Yeah, and I, I, that's my bad that I didn't do that. And people are like, ah. But I, I just thought he was, like, seriously done. He had three drives. I thought that was it. Man, boy, it wasn't pretty. So I understand Sean Payton putting him it was a rough back start. in the game. It was a rough start, D-Mac. Then I watched, I rewatched the game. I watched both. I watched the... Um, Nine News broadcast, and I thought Steve was Steve Levy and Ryan Harris. I thought they both did a really good job, and Ariel on the sideline, and our guy Cliss, and just you know the whole crew. I thought Scotty Gange is part of that, and you know I think Rod Mackey is awesome, and I'm, I wish him the best of luck at Channel Four. I'm friends with everybody, but um, but I thought they a did a, flex. I, I thought they they did a, a good job. Mm-hmm. Period. I really enjoyed the broadcast. Then I watched it, rewatched it on NFL Network, and I got the Arizona broadcast because that's generally how they do it. They generally give you the home team, and it was it was interesting seeing the comparison between the two broadcasts in terms of how they were interpreting that last drive. So on the Denver broadcast, it was you know rah rah here we go let's go this that ah oh, wow wow well, you know touchdown a drop ball and touchdown. On the Arizona drive, they were going, well they're still out there, and uh, the Cardinals are just I'm looking out there. Ron Wolfley on our sister station in Arizona. 
Uh, Wolf, and he's like, oh, Wolfley's got this kind of weird voice. It's all the two and threes out there now. <laughs> this one, look at all the two and threes out Snuffle there. Love, I guess. Look at, yeah, it's Ron Wolfley, man. He's got, he's got <laughs> I've never heard his voice. Oh, you got to hear yeah. some. KJ, we can find some Ron Wolfley. I'm not, I'm doing a poor job of it, but it's a super, no. unique, it's a super unique voice. Actually, I'm doing spot on if you've never heard of him. <laughs> And their comment was it was against the twos and threes. So let me ask you, Matt, and yeah. I'll just throw it out there. The last drive, the punishment drive. That's what you're calling it? <laughs> yeah. Sting called it the same thing, by the way, this morning. So, And yeah. we have not collaborated on what we were calling this thing. But and, and Sean Payton did say after the game and earlier today, that wasn't good enough. We, we need to... You know, we need to get more reps. And it was a weird number because they had 14 reps. And remember, he said 15 to 18 plays. So so how much credit or how much do you discount it because it was against Arizona's twos and threes? Or, or not at all. I, like, I don't it's, really. It's, awesome. it's the preseason. And I think just so getting, awesome. I think execute. No, I didn't say that either. I think executing is important. They got off to a really slow start. I think just, you know, some butterflies involved. Russ threw behind Troutman there. And then, you know, off the, off the second drive, they hit the completion right away. And then Russ dropped the ball and self-sacked. And then, of course, we get the Maher missed field goal. But the third and the fourth drives, even though it may have been against Arizona's twos and threes, from what we'd seen out at training camp, the Broncos had to find a way to execute, D-back. They just struggled to execute on a daily basis, quite frankly, at least throughout the early part of training camp. And for them to start to sequence plays, we saw some of the first first down on the ground stuff, which allowed them to set up the play action. Now, it wasn't earth-shattering, but I think it all depends upon what your expectations are for this team, and that's probably the most accurate lens through which you evaluate it is based upon how you think they'll fare this year. Our guy, uh, Adam Schefter, is joining us in about five minutes. Look forward to, to talking to Adam. There has been a big signing in the NFL. We'll break that news in just a little bit with Adam. Um, going back and watching Russell Wilson. So maybe this is just me. Is it just me? Maybe. But I look at the quality of the throws. So if it's a throw, boy, I, I, I lit another little zeet storm. A zeet storm. KJ, it's a Zeet storm. Because <clears throat> I, I looked at um, Justin Fields, three for three for like 180 yards. Oh, a, you, you were trolling? A perfect quarterback yeah. rating. Uh-huh. I'm like, uh, the haters are going to hate this line. With a combined eight air yards? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Boy, it's, it's sarcasm and being... Being a wise guy on the uh, Zeter machine, is it's it's tricky, Matt. You can't really feel it. People are coming out, ah, oh, look at the air yards. I'll tell you this. The, the last one, he had to kind of wiggle around and actually make a play on. Sure. Now, granted, he didn't have to throw it that far, but he had to escape the pocket and make a play. So did Russell Wilson on the drop by Jerry Judy. Yep. I give him credit for that. That's a good play. Again, it wasn't the hardest throw. It wasn't the longest throw. But, like, Wilson had to do something uh, as Justin Fields did. And I think you get credit for that. I think that's, hey, man, that's good. That's a good quarterback play. The throw is on the money. The throw to Judy was on the money. And, you know, I don't think, Matt, that should count in my world as, like, an incomplete pass. There's got to be a better way to but do that. But it was. I get it. I just, in my world, I give him credit for that. Okay. Like, I say, good play. Okay. So when I look through everything, and I don't give you, I don't give Justin Fields a tremendous amount of credit for throwing the ball just two yards, mm-hmm. and you know that's nothing. Anybody could do that. I don't give you credit. That's just a nothing play. It doesn't 
hurt you. In my world, doesn't count against you. doesn't count for you. It's just kind of nothing. Well, Russ had a couple passes like that, too. They were just like, well, you know, okay, that's just not a big deal. I thought Russ looked solid, dude. No, I do, too. Yeah. Here's my point. So I counted, like, 11 throws that were, like, real throws. And I, I said, and I know this sounds weird, but the quality throws I had of those 11 that really mattered, that were real throws, were 5 for 11, okay? Now, you got it. This is not just completion percentage. It's just did you make a quality throw? Most of the times those passes are going to be complete. But why take off credit for a pass to Jerry Judy that was perfect? That was right on target. That shouldn't count against Russell Wilson, should it? But it was dropped, so it's an incomplete pass. What are you getting at? It's, I don't understand your point here. I think the quality of Russell Wilson was around 5 for 11. I think that's what he was. I think he was a, okay. he's, yeah. he was solid, not spectacular. And if you, if you just want to say, if I have five quality passes out of 11 legitimate throwing attempts, like really, you know, the, I had to make something happen. I think that's going to win you a lot of games. Uh, I know yeah. that that percentage-wise, because everybody, you know, chafes at, you know, because everybody's thinking about completion percentage. What, you have a problem with 7 of 13? Yeah, because because I don't think he should be, the drop by Judy should count against him. Like, I don't I don't think. One completion doesn't matter. I mean, the, the amount of oh, completions, right. to me, it's not the amount of completions, it's how it looked, right? You went three and out on the first drive. The second drive, you start out with a 19-yard completion to Judy, and a bad mistake puts you behind the eight ball. You settle for a field goal, and you don't get any momentum because you miss the field goal. Maybe I'll make it simpler. How do you think Russell did just overall? I think Russ did very solid. I think he had a very solid game because based upon where he was at the beginning of training camp, he has made progress. And for the Broncos, you have to understand, if you're evaluating this team as far as making the playoffs, that's probably the wrong lens to look at this team through. You've got to view it as the team they were in 2022, and then how much progress are we stacking on top of that? I'll give you another, another play that a lot of people were like kind of ripping on Russ for. But J.T. O'Sullivan does a podcast, a video thing. Really good. I yeah. really enjoy it. Yeah, I saw that too. And he went through that play, and it looks like, well, just hit Dulcich on the underneath. That's the most obvious thing. He went through it, and, and he was right. Had Cortland Sutton not given up on the route. Well, I don't know if he'd gotten there, but it would have looked better. I think that was his point. I think he, I think he pointed out accurately. There was, I think Sutton got... A little discombobulated for whatever reason. There was contact or whatever. He didn't know what he was doing. And Russ kind of lofted the ball up. Had he Watching the video breakdown, had Sutton beat his guy to the inside, which he should have, and ran hard the whole time, I'm telling you, Matt, I think he could have high-pointed that for a touchdown. I think he could have easily been there. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't hold that play necessarily against Russ too much because what they're trying to do is set up the play action with the run. That was the first time we could actually see that happen. I'd say, good, I'm glad you don't count against him, and I'm not counting against him because, like, I think there was – but it didn't look good, and if somebody wanted to hate on Russ – that would be an easy play to point out and say, you know, oh, yeah, he's he's not very good, this, that, the other thing. It looked like a miscommunication, I thought, certainly between Sutton and Wilson, but Sutton did kind of just short on the route. He stopped running. But more than that, DMAC, I thought what you saw from Russ was – operating within the parameters of what Sean Payton wants this football team to do, which it took till week four, and we still we still kept saying last year, where's the identity in this Nathaniel Hackett offense? 
in week one of the preseason, there were building blocks, but you can start to see some of what we were told we were getting with a Sean Payton offense. The boot game, the play action, moving the pocket, Russell slider, but also being mobile and completing balls on a run, right? Making plays on the run. More of what we saw in Seattle. So I thought there were some encouraging signs, but yeah, I mean, you talked about it. It's up front. The amount of pressure that he's seen. Last year, he was sixth in the NFL with 105 pressured throws on right. top of being the most sacked quarterback. So, if you're getting on if you're getting pressure on 160 plus dropbacks, you're automatically going to be thinking about where am I getting pressure from. So, I think some of that has factored into his ability, you know, to read the play and make it through his progressions, which I thought on Friday night we saw a good step forward. Our NFL insider from ESPN, our pal Adam Schefter joins us presented by Twin Peaks. Adam, it's so great to have all the teams in action. How is your uh, uh, from from Thursday through yesterday uh, viewing uh, enjoyment of the NFL? What what were your bigger takeaways from NFL action this weekend? Well, hello, D-Mac. I would say this: that uh, you watch the preseason, it's never the end all, be all. Like it's just one game, just one weekend, and you know we always overreact and everything. But there were a few things that that did stand out to me. I think the Raiders may have stumbled into a quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. You kind of see this right away, mm-hmm. right away. And Aiden O'Connell, the rookie draft pick from Purdue, uh, looked like he can play to me. Wow. He looked like, he, he looked like, in fact, I, I texted somebody yesterday. I said, this guy looks like Brock Purdy. And they texted back, Brock Purdy, but better. Wow. Now, now we'll see. Right? That, that doesn't mean that he will be. But I'm just telling you, like, Jared Stidham leaves – Las Vegas for Denver. Oh, yeah, you can have him back. You just, back. Rub, it, you just we, rub it in now, Adam. You can Adam. send him back if they, they want. <laughs> Go ahead. Jared Stidham leaves Vegas for Denver, and it leaves the Raiders with a backup at quarterback, and they get Garoppolo, and obviously he's got a foot issue that didn't turn out to be a real big deal, but they knew they had to get somebody else. They drafted this kid, and again, one game, we'll see, but it looked to me like he could play. It looked to me like he could play. All right. Um, you got some news on Zeke Elliott today? Uh, yeah, he's signing a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. So it's going to be up to $6 million. Uh, and, look, it's been going back and forth uh, with them for quite some time, and there have been a bunch of times where they thought it was getting done. New England did, and it didn't. And today it did. Zeke tweeted out a short time ago that he's going back to number 15. Uh, which is the number that he wore in college? Okay, very good. Good to uh, good to hear. Anything on Dalvin Cook? Uh, listen, I, you know all these things. We're, we're we're now a little under one month away from the start of the season, and so all these things are starting to get close. Right, Zeke gets done. Uh, Zach Martin ends. Uh, 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 I would imagine it can't be long. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. You is know, that in 15 get, minutes, no, Adam? I, no, I get nervous because Adam did this before to us. He said something like right. that to us, yeah. and then we hung up the phone, and he, you, Adam, put out a tweet about a deal that did get done. So it, it's making me wonder <laughs> is if it's like I'm getting a little nervous it's happening right now. But uh, but that did happen with you on our show one time, Adam, which was pretty funny, which we thought. Yeah, was well, no, here's the deal, like, when do you think Dalvin Cook is going to be right? Like he's not going to wait two more weeks. Yeah, got to be soon. He's probably not going to wait another week. 
Yeah. So, you know, I would guess at some point we're going to get this week. Adam, I swear to God, if you tweet he signed, it, you know. <laughs> like the Dolphins, in, one year. In three minutes, if you tweet that, we're going to have, I'll still love you, but it's going to be frustrating. Hey, That's all. Hey, I, 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 uh, let me say this to you. Okay. As we're talking right now, to the best of my knowledge, I truly do not know that Dalvin Cook is signing anywhere right now. <laughs> now could it happen tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday? Okay. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just like it could have happened if you'd asked her about Zeke Elliott anytime, right. anywhere. You may get a phone call when he hangs up with us. You never know. You never exactly. Know. Hey, Adam, let's talk about the Broncos' week one opponent in Las Vegas. Josh Jacobs feels like he's he's got to be on a lonely Zoom call at this point after reports. I think it was you, actually, who put it out there today about Jonathan Taylor. What's the latest on Josh Jacobs, and will Broncos fans see him terrorizing them in week one? Well, my guess and I don't know this, my guess is we'll see Josh Jacobs come back because he has to come back because he is not going to want to pass up a payday. Um, you could hold that on principle. Uh, my guess is you'll see him the end of this month, you know, a week or two before the opener, getting in enough shape, unless he's willing to forego, you know, a paycheck of, what is it, $900,000 a week, uh, 800000 whatever, divide $10 million divided by seventeen. What What is that? Let's see. Hold on. Oh, my God. Holy yeah, cow. Uh, the $10 million to carry the three, on the two, one, I don't like know. 58? Or- <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Adam, get, Adam, get your calculator. What is the total? What is the total? I don't know. We don't know, we Adam. We don't know that it's a math. This is why we're on sports radio, Adam. I can, I can, let me, let me I can do this. One, two. $10 million. Like 58000 is $10 million it? divided by what? Like 17. 17. I got it. Yeah, I, I got Okay, so, okay. So do you think that Josh Jacobs is willing to throw roughly $600,000 a week for not playing? And by the way, he could show up the week of and say, I'm not in shape yet, and he still gets a 600. Like, that's what I would do. Yeah. Makes right? sense. So would yeah. he play week one? Do I, do I think he'll play week one? I mean, it could go either way. Uh, you know, there's a chance he doesn't show up at all. Again, is he willing to forego $588,000 each week he doesn't come in? You tell me. I mean, wow. it's a it's... common sense question. I think we're going to see him roughly, roughly September 1. You know, maybe give or take five days each way. You know, not to be That's... nitpicky here, but it's $588,235.30. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So Was that off the yeah, top well, of your head? Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, are you, are you, would, you, would you be willing to skip that? For <laughs> one game? Well, when you're throwing and, and the, when you're the, way, the 30 cents. By the way, I, I have to check the rules, right? But he could show up conceivably any time before, like, Tuesday, uh, September 5th, I think, is the date. And, and like I said, he could show up and say, I'm not in shape. You know, like, uh, and my hamstring's been sore. And he's still making his 588. Right? Like... I mean, I can't believe he's not going to do that. So how about this? I, w- I would be surprised if he wasn't on the Raiders roster for week one. Now, how much he can play is a different question. And whether he'll play is a different question. Mm. How about that? Okay. But if you're going to get the Raiders, week one would be the time to get them because you're not assured of getting Josh Jacobs. and You're not assured of getting a certainly not a fully up to speed Josh Jacobs. Right. I, I mean, that, that goes without saying. All right, great stuff as always, Adam, and um, and we'll watch Twitter for whatever happens on your phone here in the next two or <laughs> well, two. Well, I, I, I cannot make any promises as to when Dalvin Cook is going to get I, that. I, I understand that. Okay. Hey, yeah, within if, the next ten minutes. Hey, just just to keep something in mind for everybody out there, if you think you're having family problems, 
Look at the Michael Orr situation with the Tuies today. Holy cow. And, uh, Holy cow. Be grateful for the people that love you in your home. <sighs> Thank you, Adam. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Adam. You got it, guys. Thank you so much. Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. What has happened in the lovely state of Mississippi there, KJ? <laughs> what is happening? Are you, are you an Ole Miss fan or not? I don't know where you... you yeah, I got, I got a lot of friends that went to Ole Miss. Ole Miss, okay. Well, Man. maybe we can break this down. And if you have not heard the details of this story, oh, my God. Like, wow. Details on this next. Training Camp 2023, Great Range Premium Bison presents The Drive. One, two, three, it's a bump. Steam Axe and Matt Smith, roll of Cajun. Drew, salmon or pink? What would you call that, salmon or pink? Oh, uh, it's pink. Pink. Stand up. Okay. Yeah, it's pink. Looks good. Straight yeah, it's more pink. More yeah. pink than salmon. Yeah. Real light. It's a little fuchsia. You know, there's some fuchsia to it. Color, though, looks good. Thank you. Bit chilly out there today, but what? Yeah, the bit like in the just like the sixty. Like eighty degrees right now. Well, <laughs> I'm saying out there earlier today. I did it get warm? Is I'll yeah. take your word for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's going to be warmer all week. But start off a little like I'll take it. Little nippy. Oh, hey, I'll no take complaints it. here. Uh, we'll get to the kicking situation here in a second. I understand you have passion and you've got a problem with Stokely. So I love mm. it. That's a great combination. This Michael Orr story is wild because Michael Orr, it was revealed that there's a petition in Shelby County, Tennessee probate court alleging that Sean and Leanne Tui, who took Michael Orr into their home as a high school student, never really adopted him. Instead, they tricked him into signing a document just uh, less than three months after he turned 18 making them his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals. This sounds like the Britney Spears thing a little bit. This is exactly the Britney Spears thing. Here's what's amazing to me. Like, I get it. They tricked him, allegedly. It's like Rogers. I was, was, what did he say? I was... when he took the vaccine thing, what was his omission? He was immunized. Uh, not, yeah, in, immunized. Inoculated? Yeah, no, no, I think he was immunized. Immunized. Immunized, yeah. All right, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here. but No one that, ever actually asked us if we adopted him. That film, The Blind Side, has made them more than $300 million. Sure. And Michael Orr isn't getting a penny from it. Apparently, the Tuies sold the rights, and they're getting all the money. And that is the nature of the lawsuit here. But you know who is getting the money? Their biological children. Their biological children Mm -hmm. are making royalties, and Michael Orr hasn't seen a dime. Their biological children, I believe, got like four or five million dollars. I am blown away by this story. I can't believe Michael Orr discovered this lie to his chagrin and embarrassment in February of 2023. How long ago was that movie out? Way, way more than a decade, 2015, right? maybe, yeah. yeah. it came out in 2009. Oh, it 2009? did? Oh, nine? Wow. And so it's taken this long for, to, for him to realize? Well, he had some checks coming in from the NFL there for a while. Probably didn't need it. Probably okay. didn't need it. Aaron Rodgers thinks this is a messed up family situation. Wow. I mean, this is uh, a trip. So that's what's going on there. Um, just not everything that... That is wild, man. You're suing your... Now do you make a movie 
<laughs> about this situation. Well, that's a definitely different. It's a different movie. Uh, yeah. The blinded side. In the movie, you obviously cover the fact that a movie was made about it. Right. right? Not the blind side. It's I got blindsided. Um, okay. The kickers. Opportunity here for the field goal. Always feels good to get points on the board, Steve. Brett Maher on to attempt the field goal. And again, in a battle, misses to the right. No, we we remember. Okay. You know, we don't have to hear it again. We remember. Is that, does that bother you? Does that emotionally kind of, trigger you? Kind of, because what did they expect, D-Mac? This is exactly the position that they were asking to get themselves into when they let McManus go. And this is a fascinating topic of conversation. It's a bit of a lightning rod debate because there's a lot of people that actually didn't like McManus and didn't like his antics, which, man, he was consistent for the large part of a decade. And all I know, watching the NFL every single Sunday on my couch as I do, every single game combing through it, is that the one position you don't want to be in as a franchise is playing kicker roulette, where every two weeks you got a new group of cats coming in to try out. And the Broncos willingly put themselves in that position, which, again, we all talked about it at length leading up to this training camp. And DMAC, it was almost a blessing in disguise that it happened in the preseason week one. Because what if it happened regular season week one and it actually cost you a game that mattered? Because it already cost them a football game. It did. They should have had six points on the board by the time they scored that Judy touchdown. I agree. With Russell Wilson, do you do the punishment drive if they collect on a couple of fields? Probably not. Probably not. Although, I will tell you, sure. the feel of the game, I was glad he put him back out there. They oh, did yeah, not yeah, look good. Sure. They need work. This is more right, about let's say, reps. Let's say they do put him out there. Um, through a quarter and a half or a quarter and three quarters, the score is 13 nothing. And granted, they missed one, two. Matt Prater sure. missed one, two. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, the score at halftime should have been 13-3. How much does that change your assessment of the entire game? I think a little bit. It probably changes my grade from a C-plus to a B-minus okay. because I think they left a lot of meat on the bone, certainly, and the game probably goes a different way if the offense has momentum off of some of those missed field goals. But here's the problem. Red Maher from 52, and it's blocked. <laughs> What's going on now? You don't shake the yips, man. I mean, he missed yeah. four extra points on the biggest stage in a playoff game. That was the last time we, we've seen him. I wouldn't have wanted to be the next team that picked him up. What's your justification for that? Because he worked with Sean Payton in the past? I think this is one of those situations where we saw maybe the past relationships of Payton kind of outweigh, maybe his guys outweigh the right decision. What's your beef with, uh, with Stoke? He was a little soft. He was a little soft on the kickers. He was hammering the O-line, and he was soft on the kickers. And it's, you know, he said he he's soft on the kickers. Because give me a reason why Maher and Elliot Fry still ought to be in camp. Give me a good reason. Uh, well, in camp, yeah. they're blistering field goals left and right, both of them. What does that matter if you can't do it in the game? Well, but you've what does it had, matter when the, if the lights game. are on and you can't come through? I think you've got a legitimate question. Like, is there anybody coming to the rescue here? Or are they simply just going to wait? Now, Sean Payton has made a point to say yeah. he was in a camp with the Saints and they had two kickers, and it wasn't working, and they signed some guy, some other place. I forget who it was. But they signed somebody who hadn't been with them at camp at all, and he ended up being their week one kicker. So I, I don't know if you actually need to, Matt, necessarily have somebody in camp 
in order to figure out who your best kicker is because you will have other games to check other kickers out. Do you think it's going to be Brett Maher or Elliot Fry? I am terrified about Maher because I do believe he's got, sadly, because he seems like a good dude. But I think you're right about the yips, man. And I don't know if you can really shake him. You can't. Not when it's that bad. It's not like he missed two extra points. It's not like he missed three extra points. He missed four extra points and was a national laughing stock for an evening. You know, Fry's leg really isn't super strong, but he did make a 55-yarder. He's good enough on kickoffs. Kickoffs are going to look really different this year anyway. Yep. If you can't boot it through the end zone, they're just going to pop it up or they're going to do something even wackier. They're going to hit like line drive kickoffs and try to just screw up the defense because they don't want the defense to fair catch the ball. So kickoffs are even going to uh, change a little bit. So you could get away with Fry if you wanted to, but he's bounced around to mean? a million different teams. Yeah, I mean, he, he missed his first shot the other night, too. Yeah, he came back and made it but for I don't 55. But I don't think he's got the yips, though. I no. Think, I mean, he just But he also has only made six field goals in the NFL. <laughs> like, if you're offering me the option of evaluating Brett Maher yeah. and Elliot Fry versus Robbie Gould or Mason Crosby, not, what does it cost to have those guys in a for a tryout? How big of a problem do you think this is? I think it's a huge problem. How big of a whiff was it for McMahon, um, missing on McMahon? I think I think it was a pretty big whiff, and I'll tell you why. Because the Broncos were 4-9 and nine last year in one-score games. And field goals settle games every single Sunday, typically multiple games. And we already saw it c- cost them in the preseason. Now is the time to be proactive and to go address it so it doesn't come back to bite you. Take the extra week and evaluate guys for a longer period of time. We had some guys sitting out of practice today. We'll, we'll check the concern meter one way or the other, wh- whether it bothers us or not. But there's some big names on that list. There are. And Professor Payton, sharpen your pencils. That story coming up next. It's Training Camp 2023. Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Presents The Drive. Aren't you something to admire? Cause you shine something like a mirror and I can't help but notice. Concerned or not concerned with who wasn't practicing today. And you had Patrick Sertan on the side. And you had Justin Simmons still on the side. And you've got Courtney Sutton sitting this one out. And Caden Stearns wasn't participating fully. And uh, it was like, okay. McGlinchey was at least back on the field doing some stuff, not with the team. But, you know, that's probably a good sign that he's out doing something. Uh, and Sean Payton just said, hey, listen, it's, everything's all right. We'll see. We'll probably see everybody, you know, as the week goes on. But concern level that, you know, some of those names I just rattled off. Well, if we really think about it, there's a lot of names that are banged up. You just rattled off, you know, McGlinchey. You mentioned Sutton and Sertan and Simmons. But how about the three guys that got banged up the other night? What about DJ Jones with the concussion? I imagine he didn't practice. He was on the side field as well. Nick Benito, he had a hip. Didn't know a good. Uh, he got me on that one. I'm not sure about Nick. And then the other one was Josie Jewell with the eye poke. I imagine he didn't practice either. Did not notice him one way or the other. I, I did not notice him on the side though. I didn't even think of it though. So, so. let's think about it. Sertan, right. Sertan didn't play. K1 Williams didn't play. Was he wasn't practicing today? Was he? Mm-mm. 
So that there, there's your, you know, two of your three starting corners, if you want to include Kwan Williams as a nickel, right? You got Justin Simmons and Caden Stearns, who are your starting safeties, most likely. DJ Jones, Josie Jewell, Nick Benito. You got a lot of defensive starters that are banged up right now. It, it, it's, not, it's not comforting. I'm not overly concerned. But if, if we're talking about going into San Francisco, and first of all, I think you have to evaluate how many of those guys do you really want to play in the preseason. What do you need to see out of Sertan and Justin Simmons in the preseason? Nothing. Right. So keep them on ice. Honestly, I don't think Randy Gregory needs to play anymore either. He can, but I just, Frank Clark, he didn't play either the other night. He was out there practicing today. Great, great. He didn't play the other night. I I just, I like the way that they're handling some of these guys on defense because while I think it is important to get yourself callous, they've done that enough to the point where I feel like they're lathered up, and if they don't see any preseason action, I'm okay with it. Because as we know, it's the offense that really needs the extra reps here in in the preseason. Okay. But it's certainly a concern because there's a quite a good number there. Well, you know, it's, you see Patrick Sertan on the side, and he didn't play in the game, and it's just like, okay, just it's just one of those moments. But then when I was watching him doing whatever rehab stuff, I mean, it looked good. It looked fine. It would look fluid and fast, and he didn't, he didn't look hurt. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. There's, there's something going on. Um, I've got just a pinch more concern, a pinch about Cortland Sutton. I'm hoping everything's all right there. Well, he played the other night. He looked pretty good to me. He did. You know, it's like you walk away from these games and, you know. Did anyone ask what the injury designation was, what was going no, on? No, Payne's not doing that. It's tricky with him, man. He doesn't want to just tell you. Well, we'll find out in a couple of weeks when week one rolls around, they have to. So. Well, all right. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just say he'll be a man of his word about, you know, we'll see these guys later on this week. That's what he said. If you're going to... Um, you know, there's only three days left of training camp right. for the public. And then the muggles are allowed to watch. So you, the group, the team, the, the um, combined practice is not available for training camp. Yeah, I know. How about that? That's kind of a bummer, huh? Oh, total bummer. Yeah, 100%. But It's a shame. The, but the media is allowed to, or parts of the media. At least <laughs> it's that. At least, at least it's something. It is, at right? least it's something. At least some people will be out there. So, some. Some people do get to watch it. It's um, it's a different world with Sean Payne, right? Everything's everything's a little kooky. Tomorrow's practice, though, is likely to be, I would guess, the best practice of the week. And they they didn't even wear pads today, so I do have a problem at saying anything, you know, positive or negative when they're not wearing pads because we've just seen such a gargantuan difference between. Um, the offense with pads and without pads. Sure. So because yeah. in the spring it was no pads, and we saw them um, uh, look great, you know, in the OTAs and the mini camps, and it just wasn't the same. Thank you, thank you, uh, Drew. It just wasn't the same with with the pads on. It was not as good for sure. So I'm hesitant to say anything. So to me today was like a good workout. And my only takeaways really is that, like, who didn't participate? Other than that, everything actually looked all right. Russ looked co- good. He looked fine. Um, you know, he's looking better, I suppose. To be completely honest with you, I'm kind of done with the training camp takeaways and the practice takeaways. Yeah. You can prove it to me on, you know, Saturdays in the preseason now. It's over And then on you, Sundays. Huh? Yeah. Whatever happens in camp on a day-to-day basis, I hope they do well and I hope they show progress. But if you can't carry it over to the field... What does it matter? Well, we'll get down to, uh, with football at four, a, a deeper breakdown of the entire thing. Get more of your reaction to where are you all at? I think there's one person that's taken some slings and arrows. 
one person in particular taking some slings and arrows after Friday night. We'll get to that with football at four too. Professor Peyton Manning. Yeah. You said this, why you call me Professor Sheriff, by the way. That's Professor Sheriff to you. So I think this is amazing. First of all, I did not realize Peyton and I uh share the same uh, major in college, which is speech communication, which is not broadcast journalism, because maybe Peyton suffered the same fate as I did and got kicked out of that particular school. Couldn't get into it, right, yeah. You know, SpeechCom was definitely mad at Syracuse for those that couldn't quite reach that, uh, you know, that summit, the, the, the glorious Newhouse Summit at Syracuse, which it's so renowned for. Speech communication was not in the School of Communication at Syracuse, Matt. It was in visual and performing arts, so I have the same degree as a trombone player. So the really fancy kids, the Mike Tirico's Ian Eagles, all those sort of fancy folk, they didn't have the same degree I have. I'm definitely less than. There's no doubt about it. Well, thanks for clearing it up. We Payne, really appreciate it. Payne was a speech communication major as well. <laughs> I'm just pointing out it was kind of the major where if you could talk, you could get a degree. Right. And if Payne, you could talk but your grades weren't, you know. Yeah, you know. It, wasn't, it wasn't for the uh, the academic uh, level of excellence. Was They definitely got into the journalism program. Uh, yeah, it yeah. wasn't really in the speech communication department. But good for Payton for figuring it out. But my question is what... Is this just the Friday night before the Alabama game, or is this a consistent class? Because he lives in Denver. Is he, he's gonna with his busy schedule? He's gonna be going back and forth from coaching flag football to teaching, you know, speech communication classes. That's what he's gonna do. Huh? He is gonna go for a handful of times to be basically a guest. Be amazing lecturer. as a student, though, wouldn't it? That'd be unbelievable. I think what Payton's got figured out, Matt, is he's very comfortable in a life. That he's just, it's kind of like a shark in the ocean. He just do whatever he wants, man. Yeah, kind of. He's just moving. L-I-V-I-N. Yeah, man. And it's just like, it's a, he likes going back there anyway. It wouldn't surprise me if it lined up. But if it didn't line up, that wouldn't surprise me either. I think the dude just likes having his hat hand in a lot of different pots. And I think he is a natural teacher slash coach on certain things. And I think he loves his school. So why is he doing it? I think he's doing it because this is who he is. He just likes doing a bunch of different things, and he loves the school. As simple as that. And I'll tell you this. I know he loves his kids. We all love our kids. But, you know, somebody else can drop him off at the middle school one day a week, and he'll be there for, for the other days. And it's just the thing of keeping yourself engaged. And I think this is who he is. It'll be fascinating that if Payne ever wants to settle down. He may never have to do it. He, he may be able to fashion an entire life of doing, like, a million different things all over the place. When you say settle down, what do you mean? Work for a team, own a team, okay. manage a team, okay. run a team, you know, yeah. like, be in one spot, you know. I always thought that would be tough for him because he just wants so much control. I feel like he'd have a hard time sitting up in the booth without actually having his hands in the clay. Oh, well, he already turned, uh, well, he turned down the broadcasting job because it was just too much of a commitment. But you're going to have Professor Payton at the University of Tennessee who wouldn't want to be part of that class? Sign me up, exactly. That you got a lot amazing. of big wait lists there. Seeing what's going on in Maui has been devastating. And we are too familiar with the damage of wildfires, that's for sure, here in Colorado. Very proud of our company for launching a fundraiser to help the folks of Maui. Go to denversports.com. At the top of the page, you'll see a link to the Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund. 100% of donations will go to the Hawaii Community Foundation serving Maui. Again, Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund at denversports.com. Okay, I'll tell you who's got the target on them. After one preseason game, football force next.